Hello, and welcome to Capital RCND's Conservation Podcast. I'm the host, Cheryl Burns, and today I'll be talking with Anna Yelk, Executive Director of the Central Pennsylvania Conservancy. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Cheryl, and thank you for inviting CPC to participate in the series here. Sure, I really appreciate you coming on. So Capital RCND mm-hmm. and the Central Pennsylvania Conservancy, we've worked pretty closely together over the years, but I know really only a portion of what CPC does in the region. So I'd like to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about Central Pennsylvania Conservancy. Absolutely. Well, uh, Central Pennsylvania Conservancy uh, has a very unique story of really of how we came into being. And I kind of like to start with that when I talk about CPC because I think that that story, founding story, serves to define us as an organization even today. Uh, so so we were, uh, we've been around since um, 1982. We were incorporated in 1982. So uh, even though we formally existed as a, a, a regional nonprofit land trust since then, uh, we, we mobilized, uh, so we've been around for 40 years, but we mobilized well before then in opposition to the construction of a hydroelectric dam in the Stony Creek Valley. So this, the location of this project uh, is 10 miles north of the city of Harrisburg, and, and this valley is part of the St. Anthony's Wilderness, uh, which is over 44,000 acres of woodland, which today is mostly is uh, a part of state game lands 211. So at, during this time, it was, it was in the late 1970s, we were... Um, the organization had mobilized as a local uh, coalition called the Stony Creek Valley Coalition, uh, and that was comprised of sportsmen, uh, hunters, anglers, environmentalists, uh, municipal and state officials. And uh, we raised money to support that cause by operating a recycling facility in the parking lot of the Colonial Park Mall. Um, So a lot of the, the founding organizational members remember this time of uh, initiating the organization, getting that early support to protect this this watershed and, and Stony Creek Valley north of Harrisburg. Uh, the effort lasted several years. Uh, it was successful, and it protected over 18,000 acres of the Stony Creek Valley, which was transferred to the Pennsylvania Game Commission. And it also resulted in the uh, PA Wild and Scenic Rivers Act, and Stony Creek was the first listed uh, waterway that was protected under that legislation. The, the whole experience led to the incorporation of uh, this grassroots coalition as the Central Pennsylvania Conservancy. Uh, after that time, the organization continued to exist uh, uh, with a mission uh, to recycle, and it was before... before um, municipal level recycling programs were mandated at the municipal level. So, so that continued to be relevant until about 1989 when our board officially changed our mission to be, become dedicated uh, to addressing impacts of unregulated sprawl and, and protecting regional open space. Um, so it was really in 1989 where we officially became a land trust organization focused on land protection initiatives. Um, at that time, there weren't very many local land trusts uh, um, active, 
And, and so our board uh, designate a pretty broad service area. So, so we were operating in eight counties at that time, and, and part of that was to be the default uh, land trust for any landowners who wanted to, to donate land or easements um, could work with CPC to do so. Um, today we've narrowed it down to, to five counties, Cumberland, Perry, Franklin, Dauphin, and Juniata. Uh, and now we're located in Carlisle, PA, in Cumberland County, uh, no longer um, uh, in Dolphin County. Um, we now hold uh, 28 conservation easements, and we own five uh, natural preserves in fee. And so w through, through the course of um, our history as a land trust, we've been quite successful at transfer acquisitions where CPC raises funds to purchase additions to state game lands, state forests, or DCNR conservation areas, and then we transfer them over to a state agency for their continued management and stewardship. Um, uh, through these types of projects, um, also through conservation easements, um, and through outright land acquisitions, um, since our beginning, we've protected over 6,500 acres of land in our region. And uh, in 2018, we became an accredited land trust after uh, a three-year very rigorous process that, that demonstrated that, that CPC could meet the best practices nationally in land trust internal management and, and external management. So for us, that accreditation seal really means a lot um, in, in terms of um, being confident in going to landowners um, and assuring them that we have the capacity to to um, protect, not only protect, but then also to steward that easement in perpetuity as, as intended. So quite quite a long history, but but it's helpful to, to tell the story through time to get a sense of who we are. That's great. And you know, I didn't know about the Stony Creek history. Um, uh, it, was, it was a pretty um, visible um, advocacy effort um, and brought together a lot of different groups to protect that that the Stony Creek watershed um, and and now that uh, state game lands 211 I think it's the second largest state game lands in the state interesting so now and the water supply for the city of Harrisburg right right mm -hmm. and I think uh, a lot of people don't realize you know how how all of that is connected we see the Susquehanna and you think of oh, that that must be where we get it from not all the tributaries that go into it that actually supply the water. Thinking of the land trust process um, makes me think of the different types of conservancies and trust organizations that are in the region. Um, to some extent, the functions and boundaries, physical boundaries of each seem to overlap a little bit. Uh, and this is something that's always confused me. So I'm wondering if you can talk about the difference between a regional conservancy like CPC and a countywide or even a watershed-focused uh, conservancy, and then maybe even a little bit about how farmland preservation programs fit into this. Sure. So uh, there are, as you say, a variety of, of different strategies, geographic focus areas, and, and organizational structures today uh, to accomplish conservation and land protection. and. I, I, my opinion, it's a great evolution of the conservation movement. We're, we're fortunate 
now to have so many good partners to collaborate with, um, with overlapping mutual goals. Uh, most of the non local nonprofit land trusts in our region seem to be defined by the county that they, they work in. So you have the Land Conservancy of Adams County, and they're um, restricted by at the count Adams County. And Lebanon Valley Conservancy works in Lebanon County, and Manada Conservancy works in Dauphin County. So our organization is about the same size as those, but our, our geographic service area is larger. Part of that is because of how we've evolved historically and the organizational decisions through time. Um, you know, originally there, there weren't very many land trusts, so we did serve as the kind of catch-all um, organization to work with landowners who wanted to donate land or easements. Um, and, and so we've just kept that, that def definition. There are, there are real advantages, I think, to working at a smaller county-level scale. Uh, but there's also a strong role to play uh, as more regional land trusts. For one thing, we can better serve a landscape level strategy for conservation across county lines. So, for example, the Kittatinny Ridge is a recognized conservation landscape by DCNR, and CPC serves uh, four counties uh, through which the Kittatinny Ridge traverses. So we're, we serve Franklin, Cumberland, Perry, and Dolphin. And that's a, you know, a, a benefit to us. There's um, a big focus on protecting that conservation corridor now and some, a lot of funding available. We've been working with the Nature Conservancy to conduct outreach to landowners within the Kittatinny Ridge to advance conservation. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity to make an impact at that landscape level. Uh, I think this goes for watersheds too, so we can protect many, several tributaries to the Susquehanna River, so Sherman's Creek, and headwater streams in Perry County, the Conneaut Gwinnett and the Yellow Breaches and their headwater streams in, in Cumberland County, the Juniata River and headwaters in Juniata County. So because we have a regional focus, we have the ability to be proactive and select projects with the greatest conservation impact. Um, so while you may think that it could dilute our focus, it allows us to be a little more strategic. Uh, which I think is, is an advantage. We do, I would like to clarify, we do often get con confused with the Nature Conservancy. A lot of landowners interchange our names, but our organizations are, are quite different. So the Nature Conservancy is a global nonprofit or global NGO, um, and they have a Pennsylvania chapter that has a, a statewide mandate to protect large parcels, and they manage large landscape conservation initiatives. They implement working woodlands and sustainable forestry programs and conduct climate research. Uh, they take on large-scale easement purchases or large-scale acquisitions. So they rely on local land trusts like CPC uh, with local connections to individual landowners and uh, and. Uh, organizations, land trusts like ours that accept smaller parcels and projects that they aren't able to. So it's a real win-win in, in terms of our partnership because CPC will benefit from periodic financial support from the Nature Conservancy to fill our funding gaps on projects. Um, we have opportunities to partner on grant applications together. They can provide technical assistance and just general collaboration and benefiting from, from the research, scientific research that is generated um, from the Nature Conservancy.
So that's that's a type of organization where, where we're different from. Uh, you mentioned farmland, county farmland preservation. Um, there's a kind of a key difference there. County farmland preservation, especially in Cumberland County, has been um, exceedingly successful. Uh, they've, I think, last fall celebrated the preservation of 20,000 acres of farmland in Cumberland County. And the biggest difference, I think, between county farmland preservation uh, and a local land trust like ours is their ability to provide partial compensation to landowners toward the value of the easement. So um, from what I understand, they can provide up to 4,000 an acre toward the value of the conservation easement. Um, the mass vast majority of our easement projects uh, are the value is donated in full by the landowner who then can benefit from a federal income tax deduction. So county programs also have specific criteria of eligibility. Uh, sometimes not all farmers or landowners qualify to be accepted in the county farmland preservation program. Uh, and because of that they're still committed then to protecting their farms, they'll, they'll approach CPC to donate an easement. So that we often work with the county that way where we'll take on projects that don't qualify for their program. So, um, you know, we complement each other in that way. That's great. Talking about the Kittatinny Ridge and, and the different, uh, you know, types of partnerships and collaborations and uh, acquisitions that happen. Um, I know recently Central Pennsylvania Conservancy acquired a property in Dauphin County that's adjacent to the Boyd Big Tree area. And I'm hoping that you can share a bit about why this is such a significant acquisition and, and what the future plans are for this property. Sure, this is uh, an exciting project that um, has, has been in the works for about two years now. And CPC works in Dauphin County. We you know, had our beginnings in Dauphin County. Uh, now we coordinate uh, with Manada Conservancy, who also works in Dauphin County, but we coordinate and, and defer to them on uh, most projects. Uh, however, we will pursue projects that are connected to one of our past projects in Dauphin County, um, you know, either a, a parcel that is adjacent uh, to a property we've already protected or working with the same landowner. So th these parcels uh, that adjoin Boyd Big Tree Conservation Area um, are owned by uh, a father and son, the, the Spangler family, and uh, they're very committed to uh, land conservation and um, protecting our ridgetops. They both um, offered to uh, offered a bargain sale conservation easement, so they're or bargain sale acquisition, and so they're they're donating part of the value of that of their property toward this project. So, to give you a little sense of the geography, th these parcels are lie right between Boyd Big Tree Conservation Area and the Blue Mountain Parkway uh, or Hawker Park. Um, they, the parcels will connect two already protected properties for recreation and preservation. And it's a, um, adds up to 58 acres on the Kittatinny Ridge on Blue Mountain. So on the one end, Hawker Park, 
is located right off of Blue Mountain Parkway, and uh, that's accessed from Linglestown Road. And this park will become part of the new trailhead, offering a, a second access into Boyd Big Tree Conservation Area. So it expands access into the 800 acres of, of trails, uh, trails um, and provides access for additional hunting opportunities there in, in the Boyd Big Tree Preserve. So we have a lot of support for this project, and even a local foundation stepped up, the, the Boyd Foundation that helped establish Boyd Big Tree Conservation Area, uh, supported the, the acquisition of these parcels with an, um, close to a $100,000 contribution. We have a lot of other support from local partners, including the Nature Conservancy, uh, the Susquehanna Appalachian Trail Club, the Boy Scouts, DCNR, um, who approved 50% um, of the funding. And uh, CPC staff and volunteers will provide stewardship to create a nice trailhead there, uh, trail access, signage, uh, and this would be part of our stewardship obligation. Eventually, um, we'll transfer ownership over to uh, Boyd Big Tree Conservation Area. So typically, we'll hold it for a year or two, and then transfer th that over. So this is technically a transfer acquisition project. Well, is this typical of, of the different acquisitions and easement purchases that CPC engages in? Uh, this, is, this is a fee purchase of land um, and a transfer to state a state environmental agency. So um, it's a transfer acquisition, and it's something we have developed uh, quite a good track record in over the years, so it's fairly typical. Um, our, our other primary land protection method is through conservation easements, where their property remains in private ownership, but then CPC is conveyed the rights to protect the conservation values by essentially protecting the property from any future subdivision and development, but but also ensuring that the basic conservation objectives are met. So, um, you know, if there's a natural spring or stream, special wildlife habitat, forest resources, steep slopes, or other, those objectives are identified in the conservation easement. Um, CPC holds these easements in perpetuity, regardless of whether that property changes hands or not to future landowners. And then we have the ongoing obligation to monitor the property and then to legally enforce the easement terms as needed. So our, we can uh, thank the Pennsylvania Land Trust Association for developing such a solid conservation easement template. Um, they have a very rigorous review process and um, most of the land trusts in, in Pennsylvania utilize their, their template. But then we customize it then for the landowners and, and CPC's um, interest in, in what the property dictates. So of course, you know, nothing is all sunshine and rainbows. And I'm sure that uh, easements and acquisitions come with a fair number of headaches. What are some of the biggest hurdles that you face? Well, obviously there are a lot of, of hurdles <laughs> in these projects and, and each one presents different challenges. Um, but I think there are some some overriding barriers that, that I've been able to identify since I've been with CPC. And one is 
the inability sometimes to be more proactive in um, protecting priority parcels because as a land trust, there's just a, a lack of a financial incentive for landowners to donate easements. And as I mentioned before, we primarily take donated easements, and that often relies upon the goodwill and the financial well-being of the landowner. And, you know, that's not always the case. Um, so it can be a challenge to be proactive uh, on exceptional conservation properties um, without the ability to offer monies up front to purchase um, easements. Or we, So we don't have a reserve fund to purchase easements, um, and we have to go out and um, start from scratch every time we uh, initiate a project to raise um, private and public monies to, to support that. Um, so I think that um, inhibits us to some degree. Um, we also require a landowner to pay a stewardship fee when the conservation easement is recorded. So that stewardship fee goes into an invested fund that supports the, the monitoring and stewardship of the property um, in perpetuity. So uh, that can sometimes also be a barrier uh, for landowners to initiate projects with us. So although, you know, there are ways to ease this burden, um, all, m many landowners don't have the cash up front to cover long-term stewardship fee. So we're doing a better job to find new funding streams for these projects, and our work uh, is dependent upon sources that do exist for land and easement purchases from, from federal, federal agencies, state agencies, county, and private foundation sources. Another barrier is that these grants don't fund staff or operational expenses. So, so CPC, as a nonprofit, we rely on, on membership support, major gifts, fundraising events, and small grants to help cover our operations. All the um, restricted grant funds we receive go right into purchasing easements or purchasing land. Shifting a little bit, how long have you been working with Central Pennsylvania Conservancy? I've been working for CPC uh, for eight years now. I started in March of 2012. And what sparked your interest in, in doing this type of work? So I, I grew up in the Camp Hill Mechanicsburg area. And after I moved away uh, for, uh, for school, um, for at that, you know, for a 10 year period, uh, was living out of state. I began to realize after I moved away that, that the suburban sprawl that grew up around me as I grew up eating away at our farmland and woodland and open space was not just a reality in my little pocket of the world, but well, a widespread pattern nationally that was a result of a lack of good community planning, expertise, long-term thinking, effective policymaking. And uh, I, I, I worked, I mean, my first job was the Henry M. Jackson Foundation in Washington State. Um, Senator Henry M. Jackson, Senator Henry, Henry M. Jackson, he authored the National Land Use Planning Act uh, that was not uh, enacted. It was passed through the House and not the Senate. Uh, it was federal legislation which would have mandated local municipal land use planning as early as the 1970s. And I've often wondered, you know, how our communities would be different now if that legislation had passed. Um, 
right now I live in, in Boiling Springs. I got involved in CPC because I joined a citizen opposition to a 400-home development project in the forested viewshed of the Appalachian Trail at Center Point Knob. Um, it's the location of the popular White Rocks Trail. Uh, I worked with my predecessor, Deb Bowman, and the great folks at the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, the Mid-Atlantic Office, to uh, oppose the, a proposal in Monroe Township. It eventually led to the permanent protection of this land. It was 852 acres through the U.S. Forest Service's Forest Legacy Program. Um, it, it was a very successful project. It got me very excited about working in the field of land conservation, and I eventually joined the board of CPC. And then when my predecessor, Deb Bowman, moved on, uh, I was hired as a part-time executive director of CPC. Aside from the work of the Central Pennsylvania Conservancy, what conservation-related work do you see in our region that's really exciting or just in important work? What, what do you see going on? Well, I've appreciated my role on the, the board of uh, Capital RC&D. Uh, it, it's opened my eyes to um, a, a lot of new... Um, processes and regulations going forward and w one thing I would love to learn a little more about is the the WIP plans or the watershed implementation plans and some of the associated challenges um, yeah, as well as stormwater management from a municipal perspective I think that would be a very interesting topic to explore through a podcast and and share varying perspectives I also think some of our landscape partnerships uh, would be um, helpful to uh, share more information about. So the South Mountain Partnership and uh, the Kittatinny Coalition and the Kittatinny Landscape Partnership, um, both of those would be great topics. Um, we've been uh, we've been helping on a program with the Nature Conservancy called the Family Forest Carbon Program, um, and that would support uh, forest landowners um, with good management practices and sustainable forestry. And uh, it, it, it seems like a, uh, a very effective program in Pennsylvania, and I think would appeal to landowners broadly um, about how they could improve some of their practices on their own private forest land. That's interesting. I, I admit I have not heard of that, so that's something I'm going to have to look up myself. Now, does uh, CPC have any upcoming activities that we should share with our listeners? Well, as I mentioned, we have a big focus on our Latorte Spring Garden Preserve, uh, and now many of those public events and volunteer events are um, canceled, uh, but uh, ongoing, we will have programming there. Right now, we're working with South Middleton Township on extending the um, Latorte Nature Trail, the trail, rail trail corridor that goes from Latorte Park in Carlisle to um, eventually, it's get, um, anticipated to extend to the Craighead House in Boiling Springs. Uh, so we've been involved in supporting the, the township in that effort, and that hopefully will, will happen this summer, and the public can has, is already starting to enjoy the, the rail trail extension, even though it's not surfaced yet. Uh, we also have a new website that we are launching this summer, um, uh, scheduled for August. 
to be launched. So where should listeners go to find more information about the activities? Uh, did they just go to your website? Go to our website. We have a, a Facebook page. Um, you can sign up for our e-newsletter. Um, there's, there's some good publications. Uh, one publication I would point you to on our website is our Landowner Guide to Conservation Easements, and uh, it's a very um, easy-to-read uh, guidebook. And some, sometimes the specifics on conservation easements can be confusing, so I, th I think that was clearly presented um, for folks who want more information. And then obviously just uh, attending some of the events that we um, promote on our website. Suana, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to talk with me this afternoon. It's really been a pleasure talking with you and getting to learn more about the Central Pennsylvania Conservancy. Thanks, Cheryl, for this opportunity, and, and thanks to Capital RCND for doing such a great job in its mission. Thanks again. And thank you for listening to Capital RCND's Conservation Podcast. You can learn more about Anna's work in the Central Pennsylvania Conservancy at centralpaconservancy.org or visit capitalrcd.org for links to resources mentioned in this episode as well as links to upcoming episodes.